We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Hope everybody's doing well tonight. Uh, I apologize if my voice sounds a little stuffy. Uh, It's getting to be harvest season here in Illinois, so the allergies are acting up, but we... uh, we uh, press on here. Um, uh, just like every week, I've got my good friend Justin here, and we're ready to talk UConn football. How you doing, buddy? Good. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. Well, obviously last week didn't go the way we hoped it would, but nonetheless, uh, what happened is what happened. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that one. <laughs> I, was, I was really excited to be there in person um like i've like i said going into last week's episode uh going to the game at the university of michigan it's always something special um and just that environment is it's a uh, at the big house is like no other and uh quite possibly could have played into some nerves from from the uconn players and i mean nobody would fault them for that at all no not at all I mean, watching the game, too, seeing all those fans, I mean, if I was a player, too, I'd probably be pretty nervous myself. Absolutely. I mean, 110,000 is 110,000. So that's quite a bit of people. Uh, Just, uh, of course, a great opportunity, great learning experience. Yeah, and I... I think too that going in is you know it's it's tough going into a big stadium like that with big tradition, um, but it also shows the you know our our players too that this could be us. Mm-hmm. And I I actually think that you know it's if they see these cultures and you know football cultures in different uh, football stadiums, I mean it's it's going to spark the kids up too a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, you hope they, they take what they see and they're like, okay, we can do this too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, we're, we're kind of a, I, I guess for football, we're kind of a smaller school. I mean, you know, but I still think if, if we pack the rent the way, you know, it used to be packed, it, it could sound like, over a hundred thousand people. Absolutely. I mean, I've seen some of those uh, old tapes and and everything about how the rent used to be rocking. I mean, there's no reason why you can't foot UConn football can't get to that again. No, and I I think there will be a day when it gets back to that. I think the coaches are definitely setting the culture for that. And this, you know, this team right now is is setting the foundation. And I mean, it's it's a pretty strong foundation at this point, and I'm hoping that you know, future-wise too, you know, the prog gets better, um, and the fans just really notice it. 
Absolutely. And, and I thought that was something, w- me sitting with the UConn fans at the, at the game, did, I was really impressed in how uh, supportive they were. Uh, and just because, yes, the product on the field on Saturday, it was difficult to watch at times. But the you could tell that the fans understood what was going on and like they they understand the process and I, I was happy to see that because you can always you always go to games and you can see a lot of negativity when something like what happened Saturday happens but I was really happy to see for the most part that there was a lot of, a lot of positive energy yeah it you know like growing up in Connecticut I mean it's it's a pride thing for uh, UConn. And no matter what, whatever sport it is, I mean, UConn fans are going to go in the stadium proud. And even if the product is, is, is not to where it should be, um, we're, we're still going to be with it. Um, we're still going to, you know, support our team. And it's UConn fans, I have to commend them. I mean, for everybody that traveled, you guys are awesome. And I I honestly think that the kids definitely appreciated it. And I'm, I'm hoping for, you know, a really good turnout even in the future. Absolutely. I, I'm really intrigued to see how it looks next week or this week, obviously, going to NC State that that's sold out and it'll be it'll be rocking in Raleigh. But I'm really looking forward to seeing how, what it looks like for the next home game against Fresno State. Just I, I really hope that the that the support is there and that because the the young they're battling. The guys are out there. They're busting their tails and they're playing hard. And even when they were down as much as they were down this past Saturday, they were still just playing their butts off. And uh, the results will come. We just got to give it some time. Yeah, I, I think for the Fresno State, and I think for the rest of the season, um, especially at the rent, uh, we're definitely going to see some, you know, support. Uh, people are definitely open up their eyes. Uh, the coaching staff definitely won over um, some fans that were like, you know, they weren't too sure. Um, everything on my end on even Twitter and, and even Instagram is uh, – it's it's definitely a positive for UConn right now, and it's it's I'm so happy to see it. It's refreshing to see it too, just because I remember last year when when I I'll say I became a part of UConn Twitter with just interacting with different people uh, last season. Obviously, it was very very negative, and and I completely understand why that was. I I I, I get why it was like that, but that's also why I give this coaching staff so much credit for what they've been able to do because this is they've really turned things around from that perspective yes and I think this coaching staff is very um, it's they will they will be honest and when they're mad they're going to tell us they're mad and we can do better and we haven't seen that in a while and I, I think with this coaching staff, too, they're very transparent, which mm-hmm. is definitely going to win over some fans. Um, it's definitely going to win over some recruits. I mean, absolutely. I, I, I definitely commend uh, the coaching staff for, you know, sometimes, hey, yeah, we're really mad. 
and this should have this shouldn't have happened. I mean, even on the coaching sideline this uh, this past Saturday on TV, I saw that you know Jim Mora, you you, you could see his emotions. I mean, you could see that that guy is definitely there to battle, and mm-hmm. I think the players are there for him too, which is really nice to see. Absolutely, and I I respect that a lot. The just uh the way the way he's taken it to heart like that because like you said before that that wasn't the case and like you said from the recruiting perspective i mean i go back to my time as a player and getting recruited and everything and like if if i saw a coach like that that's a guy i want to go play for yeah he's kind of you know uh, he's a coach that's hungry and Mm -hmm. his assistance coach coaches are hungry and that's awesome to see. I mean, it's it's definitely a true blessing that, you know, he, he was definitely selected as the uh, coach for UConn. I mean, it, it's definitely a good fit so far. Absolutely. You brought up the assistance. I, I had the privilege to talk to uh, offensive coordinator Nick Charlton a little bit before the game, uh, down on the, the sideline before the game, and, I mean, he – I, I just love the energy that he has. Just, just the energy he has for this team and for the offense, but just for every, just the whole program. Just, it, it, it got me excited. Getting even more. I mean, I was already excited going to the game, obviously, but just talking to him, it was like, okay, like we got the right people here. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love Nick. I mean, you know, he's, he's definitely a guy that is, you know, his. He's a high uh, football IQ, mm-hmm. and he can engage with the players. And, you know, even when the players have a turnover on offense or, you know, a play that should have happened but didn't, he's still over there, you know, rooting them on. And that's that's really awesome to see. That's It's it's actually really nice to see. Absolutely. It's, it's refreshing. <laughs> yes, very refreshing. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, we don't we don't need to like go in depth really on the game. I, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about it, but I mean, everybody who watched the game obviously could see what the, could see what they saw, and I mean, it wasn't pretty a lot of times. But I think we have to give the defense uh, some credit and kudos for that they came ready to play, and they they were put in some really really tough situations. And I feel like for for the situations they were put in, going up against a top four team in Michigan, and they are a top four team in the country. Let me tell you that. Um, they, they they held their own. Yeah, and I have to agree with you on that. I mean, the defense it it they did show up to play. Um, you know, Chris uh, Chris Sharon he definitely had a nice stop, um, broke up a pass. Uh, yep. Brandon Randall had a really nice sack. Eric Watts had a really nice sack, and then Jackson Mitchell, of course, is Jackson. Is Jackson Mitchell? Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I, I was I was really impressed, like you said, with Randall. I think he he really stood out to me. Like you could really tell, like this is a guy who's played at the Power Five level. You could tell in that game that he's been there and done that, and I think it's going to really carry over the rest of the season. I think so too, and it, it it took him some games to kind of get comfortable, 
But I think now he's comfortable with the defense, the play calling, and now I think we're going to see him, you know, attack more, which is awesome because, you know, with Jackson Mitchell and Randall and then uh, Brembry in the middle, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's – it's gonna it's gonna be nice to see for the upcoming games, and I I think the defense definitely grew. Absolutely, um, they're not the defense that we saw last game that kind of just gave up. Yes. Um they definitely had heart, and they were playing with heart out there. Absolutely, and I mean, if you can do that against Michigan, who is definitely the best team we're gonna play this year, then. I, I really look forward to seeing what's going to look like the rest of the season. Oh, me too. I mean, after, I mean, even Fresno, um, I saw a few games. I mean, their opponents could rush in and just disrupt plays. And mm-hmm. I actually think that, you know, UConn could definitely do the same like they did this game. I mean, if the defense, you know, goes out there and plays with heart, there's – there's no doubt that even in you know the next game, uh, NC State, they could definitely stop some plays and Absolutely. actually you know give the offense a, a chance to either tie it up, score, do whatever. I agree with you. I, I like I said, if you if you can do it against Michigan, I, I I can thoroughly believe that you can do it against the rest of the teams on our schedule. Yes, NC State is is very good and they have an nfl quarterback and they have aspirations to make it to the college football playoff and win the acc but they're not michigan's potent offense fresno state has a really really good quarterback they have a good offense as well but like you said i've watched them a couple times too and their offensive line has some holes so i mean there's some there's some spots where where we can make some things happen and then when we get to the back half of the schedule, as we as we've we all know, I mean, there's definitely going to be opportunities. Yeah, I mean, you know, later down the road too, like BC. I mean, they their their offensive line is even porous. It's in shambles. Which, which I think that you know, even if the team's coming up better, you know, if, if their offensive line gives up gaps, we should be able to take advantage easily. Absolutely. I I agree. Uh, of course, we we have to talk a little bit about the offense. Um, obviously, there's there's some concerns. I mean, the the downfield passing game is is not where it needs to be. Obviously, the running game has obviously taken some hits with the injuries that we're facing right now. Um, so it's it's going to be really really interesting to see how that looks moving forward. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm hoping that you know on the offense, people you know certain people that if they have the chance, they should just take advantage. I mean, uh, you know, I I really feel bad for uh, Nate Carter. Mm-hmm. I mean, he kind of went down with an elbow injury and he wasn't the same throughout the game. Um. Zion Turner was, you know, kind of shut down. Um, but I'm hoping that they learn from this game and they can move on. Um, I'm, I'm really hoping that, like, 
what, what what I saw during the game too is you know Zion Turner. Um, he had some nice throws, and the wide receivers just couldn't catch it. And the thing is, is that sometimes he could zip the ball too, and it that's you know some of the plays zipping the ball just isn't what you want to do. You kind right. of just want to throw it up nicely for a nice catch. Uh, there's definitely some you know, mistakes on their offense uh, this week. And I think they're going to make the right adjustments. I agree with you. I mean, moving moving forward, I mean, we know Coach Charlton's going to make the right adjustments and do what he needs to do to put the team in the best position to to win and be successful. Um, I, I agree with you with what uh, Zion showed some signs of running the football. And he needs... He needs to do that a little bit more, I think. I think uh, he ha- he obviously has that ability, and he just needs to utilize it. He needs to pick his times, of course, and like you said, like take a little bit off your throws sometimes. Like he's really zipping it in there on like a five-yard pass when he might not need to do that, and it, it makes it difficult for the receiver to catch it. But at the end of the day, the guy's got to catch the ball too. That we've had that issue too. Yeah, no, we, we definitely have the issue. I mean, Zion Turner, uh, you know, he ran the ball for 42 yards. That's pretty good. Right. And we're, we're kind of seeing a little bit of Pindell in him, um, like like we said before. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think if he could throw and run the ball and just be that dual threat quarterback like, like uh, we want, I mean, the sky's the limit Absolutely. at that point. Yes, and and you can see you can see the skill is there, and I, I I feel for the young man because you're 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 throwing a freshman out there. It's basically like you're throwing him in a in the Gladiator Arena at Michigan Stadium. I mean you're and you're asking this young guy like, okay, go go make some plays against a bunch of lions on the other side of the field. And I mean I I I, I give him credit. He's He's battling and he's he's doing what he can. I I, I think he, he's doing the best he can. Yeah, he's definitely not lacking confidence. I mean, right. he definitely you could tell when he's he was watching game tape uh, because some of the adjustments that he did throughout the game, he definitely looked like a quarterback that was an actual quarterback. I mean, he was mm-hmm. he could potentially be great. Um, I. I still think, though, you know, sometimes with the, you know, when, when he's getting the hike with the uh, center, um, when he's getting the hike, I mean, sometimes he doesn't catch it. Um, that has to be, you know, worked on a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think that if, if they definitely work with him and definitely, you know, keep his confidence level the way it is, um, I think. I actually think he could definitely adjust for the rest of the season. I agree. And and we, we saw an interesting addition uh, just this week, just within the past day or so. Uh, would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, so uh, uh, Braden Zermeno, um, he actually was a commit at Arizona. He's a uh, pro-style quarterback. But after seeing his clips, I, I actually think that he's more like a like a dual threat. Uh, 
the guy can definitely throw the ball. He can definitely run. Um, he knows when to throw the ball, and he knows when to run. Uh, and he actually committed to Princeton back in September, and then he flipped the UConn, which was – he's actually – a He's definitely going to be a great addition. I think he's coming in as a freshman, and uh, that's just awesome because uh, he's definitely going to have the years uh, to work in the system. And once he gets it, I mean, I, I actually think he's going to be a pretty good quarterback. I'm intrigued to see how this moves forward. Just adding somebody in the middle of the season is obviously uh, different than what we've seen before. Now with the transfer portal and the like, it, it really adds a wrinkle into things. So it's going to be really, really intriguing to see how this goes moving forward this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm at this point, too, uh, like Tyler, Tyler Pumacon with the ACL injury, um, he's still recovering. I think with this addition, they're probably going to redshirt him uh, at this point because if they weren't going to uh, redshirt him, I don't think that we would have actually seen him added to the roster. Right. I agree with that. I absolutely agree. Which I think that's another point too. I, I, I know a lot of people have questioned why he's not on the field or why he's not getting reps. And I, I think it's very simple. He's, he's just not ready. No, I, I, I don't think he's ready either. And, I think he's still kind of like, you know, trying to get back in the game, you know, action form. And it's taken a little longer. It's actually not really taken a little longer than what expected. To me, it feels like longer. Um, but like I said before, too, we might see him, you know, second half of the schedule. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, coming off of an injury like that, too, um, you kind of want to take precautions at this point. Absolutely. I, I can speak from it as somebody who's been through that injury and it, it's, it's a huge mental game it, as well as physical, but I, I always feel the ACL injury is way more mental than physical, uh, especially from an athlete's perspective. I mean, you know that you can get back to where you need to be physically and you trust your trainers and the people that you're working with. Um, but there, there's not as much help. There's a little bit more help now, but not as much when it comes to the mental side of it. And you just, you want to make sure that you're cautious and you take time with these type of injuries because you just don't want it to become something even worse. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that because, uh, you know, last year, um, actually a couple of years ago now, I broke my ankle and it took me a long time to trust the plates inside my side my leg and mm. I mean it it does take a you know it it definitely messes with you in uh your head and it it definitely takes time to uh you know get back to where you should be and I I think if he could take his time do his regiment the way uh you know Matt King wants him to do it I think he should be back stronger than ever Absolutely. I, I agree. And I think this, this leads into another topic that I've seen discussed a little bit on UConn Twitter about the strength and conditioning program and how it might relate to some of these injuries. But I, I, I first will say that the injuries that we're seeing aren't related to strength and conditioning issues. 
they're they're just kind of like freak injuries. I mean, Roberson's ACL injury. I mean, that has nothing to do with strength and conditioning. I mean, it was just a a play where one went one went this way, one went that way. That happens. I mean, broken collarbones. You can't that, that, that I mean, he just landed on the ball. I mean, that it's, it's those type of injuries. So I mean, I I don't think it has anything to do with the strength conditioning program, but I've seen I've seen a handful of people questioning that on uh, Twitter and on the Boneyard and different things. But I'd love to get hear your perspective on that too. Yeah, it's it's definitely not strength and conditioning. Uh, Matt King definitely knows what he's doing. Absolutely. Uh, we definitely have the top notch strength and conditioning coach at UConn. Um, it's more it's more how the hits are are put on players during the game mm-hmm. and you can't you can't adjust to that in strength and conditioning um it's definitely it's definitely a freak injuries um it's not it shouldn't be put on the strength and conditioning coach or coaches absolutely and and i think another thing too a lot of people are looking at it as there's always injuries. I mean, every team goes through injuries. It just so happens that UConn's injuries have happened to some of their top players and starters. Right. And with injuries, like most people don't know, a lot of these players, because they played football their whole life, they could have gotten some type of minor injuries, even in you know the knee, the ankle, the collarbone. And it's like a stress fracture. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, I mean, that type of stuff happens. And it could, it could have, it could have happened when they were younger. It could have happened in high school. I mean, nobody knows. I'm, it's, it, it's not like they're, you know, taking, you know, MRIs of these players or anything like that. So, right. of course, at this point, it's definitely not on the coaching staff, though. No, I agree. I couldn't agree the more. Conditioning. Absolutely. I, I I had to bring that up though, just because I've seen people questioning it, and I've just been shaking my head when I see it. Yeah. No. I I I don't blame. I mean, I don't blame them. Some people, you know, it's it's it, it's definitely a good question. Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually, playing football my life and stuff like that. Um, Strength and conditioning is more like okay if the players are too slow, right? What happens? Right. Okay, they they bulk up in the chest too much, but not in the legs. I mean, that's that's the type of stuff you could blame the strength and conditioning coaches on, but right. not injuries like we've seen. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. <clears throat> well, Justin, you got anything else you'd like to add from uh, this past Saturday before I go into NC State a little bit? No, I, I think that's about it. All right. Well, I think we can both agree. Let's just move on from this past Saturday, put it behind us, and uh, it was a great learning experience, hopefully. I agree. <laughs> well, for me, looking at NC State, uh, just, again, another top program that we're going to face off with. Uh, like I said before, this is a team – um, who has college football playoff aspirations? They have an ACC title on their mind. So th- this is a this is a very good football team that we're about to go against. 
but it's also a team that has not lived up to expectations, I would say, coming into this season. Um, a handful of people had them ranked as high as number four in the nation in their preseason poll. Um, and they struggled in week one against East Carolina, pulled out a win narrowly by one point. Then they beat an FCS opponent. And then last week they beat Texas Tech 27 to 14. Um, to hold Texas Tech to 14 points, that high-powered offense, is pretty impressive. And I will say NC State has a uh, very good defense. Um, one of the best defenses we're going to face all year. So there, there's, there's that to look at. I know a lot of people are going to be worried from our offensive perspective with us, uh, with some of the struggles we've had. But there's no reason why we can't make adjustments and kind of move forward uh, like, like Justin and I have talked about. But looking at NC State from their offensive perspective, their quarterback is Devin Leary. He's a junior. Uh, he's from New Jersey. So some people in the Connecticut area might have seen him play before in high school uh, in the Northeast there. But he is, a, he is definitely a pro-style quarterback. Um, has a really, really nice arm. He's pretty accurate. Hasn't put up eye-popping numbers so far this season, but he's, he's, done a, he's done a very good job. He's been very solid. He's done what he's needed to do. Um, he's, he's not a runner, but he can do it when he needs to. So, I mean, he's a guy who can kind of do some things with his feet when necessary. Um, I will. I mean, I said he's accurate. He was very, very accurate last season. He, but he's only at fifty-nine percent so far this season. So his accuracy has been a little bit down compared to last season. Um, but of course, you have to expect uh, him to turn that on, especially with them about to start ACC play after UConn. Um, they're they're balanced in the running back area. Um, they lost two guys last year who are now playing in the NFL, uh, but Demi Sumo Kargabandi uh, is their top running back so far this year. He's averaging almost six yards per carry. Um, he's also one of their he's also their top leading receiver uh, yardage wise. So he's he's good out of the backfield catching the ball too. Um, so that we got that to look forward to. Um, There's balance passing the ball. Um, they get it. They get it to a couple of their different running backs. Uh, the other running back, Jordan Houston, um, also is really good out of the backfield. And then they spread it out between their wide receivers. So this is a balanced team. So it's not like there's going to be one guy to key on when it comes passing to passing the ball. So we're going to have our hands full there. Um, and then from a defensive perspective, uh, like I said, this is a very very deep defense. Um, they they bring a bring a lot of guys back who have some really good experience. Um, one of their top corners, um, Aiden White, had a huge pick six. Uh, so I mean these these are guys who fly around. They they've created a handful a bunch of turnovers on defense. They have seven interceptions already this season. So. They fly around and they make plays. Um, the one thing I will say heading into this game, um, obviously Michigan wasn't looking ahead uh, when they played UConn. Michigan was ready to go. 
I'm interested to see from the NC State perspective if they're looking ahead because next week they play at Clemson, which is they're probably the biggest game on their schedule when it comes to the ACC title. So I'm intrigued to see um, what they look like coming out just to see the focus, um, to see if they're ready to go because so far this season they have lacked focus in in a couple, especially East Carolina game. Last week against Texas Tech, it kind of seemed that way. They came out a little sluggish. Um, but we'll see, of course, how it goes. Um, this the offense at NC State is not as potent as Michigan. They're not they're not known for quick strikes and moving the ball as quickly. Um, they're more methodical with the way they do things. So we could see some more long drawn out drives in this game compared to Michigan. Um, but again a very, very stout opponent that we're about to go against. So interested, obviously interested to see how it's going to look. Um, and, I, of course, really interested to see the adjustments that we make uh, from the coaching staff perspective. So, Justin, what are you looking for coming into that game? So I kind of missed this against Michigan with defense, but with NC State, I kind of want to see our defensive line, you know, hitting low. They were way too high um, during the Michigan game. Yes. Uh, defensive ends got – they did not have outside containment. They got trapped inside, which killed us on the run game, even the pass game. Um, I, I think the defensive line itself has to improve, but, you know, as long as they can, you know, hit low, hit lower than the offensive line, and defensive ends can contain. Well, I I think we'll be fine. Um, I want to see the offense, uh, you know, not be so predictable. Yes. But they're also, you know, short passes against this team too could probably kill them. I mean, yeah, long passes. We we could probably have that in there too. Uh, but definitely the short passes. I think, and. The run game has to be there. I mean, the run game wasn't there uh, during Michigan. Absolutely, I I I have to agree with you with the uh, the predictability on offense this past week, because as I was sitting up there in the stands, I I was literally calling the plays out as I was watching them. Now, I mean, I have a little bit of perspective just from playing, so I mean, I can kind of see that coming, but at the same time. It was it was way too predictable, like you said. Yeah, and you know, like Kale Millen coming in, we all know what's going to happen. Right, going to be a wildcat. Right, right. Um, that works really well though in the red zone. Yes, but not good on the opponent's forty. Yes, uh, you know it. There was points in the game where I saw Kale probably could have had really nice throws, and I'm hoping that they kind of adjust to that. And if he does see an open wide receiver, throw to him. Yes. And the tight ends were non-existent in this game, too, like all the other games that we were kind of successful in. Uh, I kind of want to see more of uh, Brandon uh, Niem. I always screw up his name. Nemensky. Yep. And I have a feeling that they will adjust 
after seeing the games. Uh, I kind of felt bad for Victor Rosa too. He's kind of thrown into the into the wolves there. Yeah. And I think that because he had you know that fumble and everything like that last game, I think he's going to come out better. Um, there's definitely certain situations where you want to use them, where you want to use him. Uh, but I still feel, you know, like our defense is probably more prepared now than our offense, and I'm 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 hoping that they can adjust on the offensive side. I absolutely agree, and I think with how methodical NC State plays offensively, I think that kind of gives a little bit of an advantage to our defense because they can hopefully adjust a little more as they're on the fly compared to when you're going up against Michigan, obviously. You're going up against this strike-quickly type of offense where it's very, very difficult to adjust. But I also think it's going to allow an opportunity for our linebackers to kind of fly around and make some plays. Oh, yes. And I I think that if the defensive line gives – you know, linebackers time to make a play. Yes. They will definitely make plays. Mm-hmm. Um I still think defensive line they're gonna have they're gonna have to have more rush. I mean, they're gonna have to rush the quarterback and that's the only way you're gonna slow down NC State. I agree with you. I think that that was spot on with your defensive line assessment earlier that just they gotta get better leverage. Um and just to be able to make just to be able to make plays themselves but to make it easier for the linebackers too yeah and like like you know during the michigan game even during the next game if they could just clog the hole and just you know kind of hit the hit the offensive lineman down and make it so that the linebackers can come in and just you know get get a nice tackle i mean that's what i'm hoping for Absolutely, and 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 I really can see that happening in this game. I really can't. I, I I really feel like we obviously got some young guys that we're throwing out there, but I I we got some good coaches. They're gonna make adjustments and they're gonna put the guys in the right positions. It's just gonna come down to the guys then just gotta go make plays. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the, the corners and safeties can't be, you know, blocked easily either like this game. I mm-hmm. mean, they were, they, they, you know, Michigan had such nice seal-off blocks. Yes. And, of course, they could just destroy UConn. What, you know, defensive backs and safeties have to do is just, you know, peel off the, uh, the blockers and just go for it. I mean, they definitely have the capabilities of doing that. They absolutely do. And, I, I'm I'm looking I'm really looking forward to seeing the like I said the response and, and just like like you're saying with the techniques and things that they, that the guys need to be looking at and focusing on I'm looking to I'm I think that's a really key factor to this game is just come out and respond a little bit better not I'm not I'm not looking for them to come out and like strike quickly and just make plays right away i i want to see some drives like put some drives together offensively and then get some stops defensively i think it's i think it's very possible in this game that they can get 
because I mean they were able to stop Michigan a handful of times. So I, I feel they can definitely stop NC State um, from that perspective. But then it just comes down to the offense. Can they string some drives together? String some first downs together? Move the ball a little bit? Hold on to the ball a little bit more offensively so your defense isn't constantly on the field? Because that's been the issue. It was the issue in the Utah State game. The defense got way too tired. Um, and then you just kind of see it in the other games, too, where the defenses have been on the field way too long, and just inevitably they get tired. Yeah. And the offensive line, they can't be porous. They have to just go out there, you know, make a block. Even if you make the wrong block, just make just make a block, and then uh, plays can happen from there, too. Absolutely. Uh, I think I think we both agree that there there's an opportunity to be had here against NC State, and I'm not saying from the perspective of winning the game. I'm saying from a growth perspective. Oh yeah, and it's only going to help UConn. I mean, these couple games here. I mean, playing against bigger teams, it's going to help them grow. It's going to help them see what they have to work on, and. It's in football. It all comes down to fundamentals. If mm-hmm. you have the right fundamentals, you can beat whatever team you want. Absolutely, and and I think one thing that you and I were talking about a lot in the past couple days, but then before we came out to the show today, is we really look forward to what this is going to lead to down the road. Like yes, playing at Michigan, losing the way that we lost, very difficult these young guys gained a ton of experience and it's going to be really interesting to see what that looks like in two or three years. Yeah, it, it, exactly. I mean, coming in the season, we're still a very young team and the way to grow is to play bigger teams like this and, and to be able to, you know, capitalize and, and be able to, you know, make the plays that you should and, I think that later down the road, too, whoever they play, they're going to play more aggressive, and I think they're going to play better than what they are now. Absolutely. Well, do you got anything else you'd like to add uh, before we get off the air? No, that that was about it. Uh, All right. Well, as always, everyone, Justin and I really appreciate – the listens and support and uh, obviously the conversations that we get um, on Twitter and elsewhere. Uh, we really appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoy what we're doing here um, every week, breaking down uh, the Huskies game and then their upcoming opponent a little bit. Uh, like I said, I hope you guys are enjoying that. And I always enjoy talking with you, Justin. Thanks again. Uh, no problem, Bobby. Absolutely. Go ahead and listen. let the listeners know where they can uh, follow you. So you can follow me on Twitter at Hawkeye282. Please do that, guys. Give him a follow. Uh, he's doing a great job. Um, as always, you can follow me uh, personally at Coach underscore B. Will and the podcast Twitter account at TNT College Foot One. Again, hope everybody has a good night. God bless.